Welcome to the Leader's Den Podcast, where we will give you insights about all facets of leadership. Join Tilan Lagirsa, leader, coach, and mediator, as she speaks with leaders and experts from all over the globe who open up and share their personal stories, reflections, and practical wisdom from their own amazing, at times challenging and rewarding, leadership journey. Hello, everyone. I'm so pleased to have Ayesha, Ayesha Jahan on the only, our second episode of the Leaders Den podcast. Ayesha has a wealth of experience in leadership and all kinds of interesting stories to tell, so I can't wait. Thank you for being here, Ayesha. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, and I'm so honored to be in here with you, and it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I do appreciate this sort of uh, initiative that you're taking and giving a scope to listen to other people so that we can learn from each other and we can create a platform to share more our stories. Yes, thank you so much for that, because also that is the whole idea of this uh, podcast is that um, we are learning from each other. And I have known you for quite a while in the online scene, but it's so great to have this conversation now with you and that we can go a little bit more in depth, because I think the whole idea of being a leader is that we want to start and keep growing and it's never it's not a journey that stops it's just a continuous thing what do you think very much it's uh, you can't feel like this is the point i have to take some rest you can't feel like this this is the point i have to take make some uh, i have to slowing myself down it's a journey and it's very important taking it very positively and make just treating this as a system of your life is not something different out of our life. It's a part of our life. Yeah, I love that. So would you like to tell the listeners a little bit more about you and about your own journey and how you see leadership? I um, would love to hear uh, from you. Yeah, of course. Uh, what I feel myself and my strength is, uh, I think, strategic most of the time. And that might have some bad side as well that I don't get into the detail more frequently that I need to do. But this is a good side as well. I will say that if I take a decision, I start thinking what will be the next and the next and the next of that decision. And this is how I discovered But once I started working with my clients, my coaching clients, and they were mostly I was feeling, okay, they are in a transition from one country to other, setting up their own business or leaving their full-time job and setting their own business or moving from one position to a higher position or higher role with a different position in different organization. So all the time, this transition gives us scary feelings inside of us. Absolutely. And I find myself, I can help people who they who are in the transition journey and they're not... Uh, sure enough how they can transit more openly or comfortably, which is not at all comfortable. So this is where focusing and I call this speed of mind that I mean that how can you have your speed of your mind with your control so that you can lead your mind 
without being much more disrupted or interrupted with external situation. Oh, I love that idea. So how to lead your minds. And that sounds really interesting. Can you explain a bit further? Yes, of course. Because I had an opportunity to learn uh, from neuroscience and leadership. And I was working with one organization here in Australia. Once I was leaving my country on back in 2013, and I started working with a company here on neuroscience, doing the research and developing the content for the as an L&D research consultant there. So I was fascinated because I was into that situation, that leaving the home country, having the same sort of feeling, having an emotional connection back to your home country, but you have to do something here. You have to be mindfully present once you're working. And once I was doing the research and I found myself, oh, that's resonates me. This is how my brain is reacting. This, that's the reason why I'm not accepting the new changes. The weather is different. The foods are different. Everything is different around me. So I was starting applying small, small learning for myself. And there I go. And slowly I'm just evaluating myself. How does it go with my performance? How do I react to the situation? How do I get less emotional to my situation? How frequently I feel upset, I feel down, and I can't concentrate on anything. So by monitoring myself, I was discovering that, okay, these are the tools I can grab from here. And over the time, I was collecting them in a scattered way. Now I'm trying to build one program, and that's a whole thing I call the speed of mind. Yeah. Wow. And then I think I can definitely relate to that uh, myself because I came here it's, uh, to Australia 10 years ago and I had lived in several countries. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I was an expat in those countries. Um, right. And when I came to Australia, I actually had to face up to the fact that it was more difficult than I had imagined. And so I'd love to hear a little bit more. So what, what you're saying, if I understand you right, is that you kind of took, took a step back and looked at yourself and tried to understand how your brain was reacting, how your mind was working and how you could control that better to get a better perception of, of where you are and what you need to do. Is that right? Yeah, that's perfect. And uh, I was also looking back, what are the areas I'm relating to my past memories? And I'm based on my previous experiences. Because the previous experiences are in a different place or in a different role where I was totally a different person there. That may not be applicable once I'm in here with different set of people, with different role I'm playing, right? So I need to get that off. That's developing our old beliefs. So I would say that that's my old memory, strong emotional memories on which we have a trust. And we need to get rid of it some at some point of time to allow ourselves to generate a new trust, new experience, new experiments, which is scary. And, and you know, just your brain will always stop you not to take a new step forward it will always hold us back no 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 don't do this you will be in, in a big problem so it will always hold us and you know the chatter mind will always say us all the negative thing and which is normal and once i learned that our brain is actually processing the information 
which is 95% is all negative or repetitive. Yes. So now I know I will not listen to this 95%. Yes. I'll listen to only the 5% that's positive and allowing me to think more clearly, right? Yes. And that is so fascinating to me because even though we have developed as human beings and we can send people to the moon and we can, I sometimes say, like, grow human ears on, on mice, etc., we still are ruled by that very old part of the brain that says, watch out, this is scary, don't go there. That's very true. And which is, which is very good at the same point, I would say, because our brain is actually concerned that whether... Uh, for our safety, whether I'm going for something dangerous or not. Otherwise, we would not be responding to the dangerous situation if we are falling into it. So, which is fine. It's making our body more ready to react to the situation and act on it. So, yeah. that is the good side of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'd love to talk a little bit more about how you silence the voices in your head because that's something that I still struggle with at times. But also, just to go back uh, first, is when you said, like, all oh, my old beliefs and my old memories. And so, how did you or how can you advise people to, to become more aware of your old beliefs and your old memories and that they are maybe your comfort zone but won't serve you well in new situations? what can people do yeah so obviously and this is very important and every small bit will stop you for not doing it right yes so I, in a in a one sentence if i say that's an addiction that's a comfort we keep thinking of our good memories we keep thinking that we are safe we are belong we are cared we are happy with the people that we know already we have the bondage with them so that safe feeling we have to, I'm not saying that's bad, that's fine. But you need to get more other safe feelings in here, in your new position. You need to bring consciously what the people are valuing me, what the people are listening to me. Recognize them. Let's say, for example, once we are meeting online, we didn't meet face to face yet. So, but through our conversation, somehow we connected each other. And we have that safe feeling between us. Yes. And if I keep noticing that I have a safer feeling in back in my home country, I have known people, I have my relatives, my parents, I can't move into this place. In my mind, I'm actually in there. I'm not in here. Yes. So what I need to do, I will suggest you, you have to push your attention from there to here and have to collect and consciously just recall your mind that I have people here. I have you. I have other people with whom I'm working. I have other clients with whom I'm working. They say this good thing. I listed all these good things people said after the name, listing the name. And I have that list in my hand that's visible, then I can easily divert my mind that I also have a safe place in here. Right. So what you're saying is you're actually, um, and this, this, is, this is for everyone. You don't have to move countries. This can be if you move to a new workplace or even to a new city or um, if you have a new team. Um, but what you're basically 
I think what I hear you say is that you're saying, look for the people that are surrounding you and that can give you value and who are appreciative of you and focus on, on the good things and on those people and, and realize and, and I guess also trust that they'll be able to help you grow and help you become comfortable in your new situation. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you see in a communication perspective, so once I accept this, yes, I'm in here, I'll be working with this new team and two of them are talking positive about me, may not be the rest four. Yes. So I'm focusing on the two and I'm saying this thing to my brain that yes, they gave me this feedback. Yes, they're liking me. Yes, they listen to me. So uh, my body language, my way of expressing myself will have the confidence that I am accepted. I am valued. So that will give a sense to other four that, that I, we have to accept that as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're kind of then focusing on those people who value you. And then you, you tell yourself, listen, this is a positive thing. There might be four people who are not valuing me, but at least there's two people who value me. And, and you work on that. Yeah. And, yes. and gradually the, the beauty happens that we increase the number of people that really come to us and value us. Perfect. And I think also what I see as a mediator when I work with teams and when there's conflict is that people really focus on those one or two people who do not value them. And so they focus, if I hear you, on the, on the wrong and they get pretty self-righteous about it and they, can't, they get stuck in that negativity. And so I love what you're saying is focus on the positives. Very much. It's, I would add something new more than feeling positive or thinking positive it's more like if they all these four if they accept me then i will be confident so they put a condition between the relationship with these four yes but with these two those who already accepted you there is no condition that if they say more good words then i will be like so they're already accepted yes so you put a condition, then you have a tendency to prove yourself more and more. And to prove yourself more and more, we try to list down what are the negative things they have said about me. Yes. We are actually focusing back to the negative things. And our brain takes the signals that we, these are the negative things, I need to improve this, and negative things are scary. And once we keep saying to our brain that we have to think about the negative things, that's we need to improve. And then only then we can be accepted by them. So that's holding us back. Okay, great. And so what if people feel that they haven't got any positive feedback or positive comments of, from people? What would you advise to those people? Yeah, this is a very initial situation of me, I can imagine. I was like, oh my God, is it true that I have to be in here where I'm work I was working with a difficult person and uh, taking all feedback where I need to improve? I'm not saying the bad feedback, it's just need to improve. So I feel that that is a time you need to get connection back to yourself. Ah, I love it. What I really want what I really want out of this move, what I really want from this new place. So 
if you are very clear about my mission, vision, or my value within, then you are never like shaking from that position, whatever other people say, whether they accept or not, but you are sure that you will be proving what your capacity, your presence in that situation, in that team, in that new company at some point. Yes. And also I think often what happens is that maybe you don't have any any people who value you, you in your team. And that is a very sad situation, but you will have maybe people in your personal life or, or, or right. other aspects of your life who, who value you. And, and friends, like we are working in a totally different spaces, yes. different location. We haven't met each other, but I have a feeling that you are struggling in your place. That's two years, three years back. I'm struggling in my place and which is normal. I'm not the, only person who are who is struggling with the own business who had something in their previous place which is high position but here we have nothing we have to build it from the scratch so it's not only me having this pain we have more other people so i'm not looking into with the people who accepted me or rejected me i'm looking into also other people having the same pain Yes, absolutely. Not thinking about only myself, yeah. Yes, yes. See it from a, a bigger perspective and put things in perspective. I tend yeah. to, when I feel sorry for myself, I tend to look at people who are actually worse off than me. And then it sounds strange, but that makes me more acceptable of me. So the other thing you were saying is that it tends to be 95% of our thoughts are negative about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so you were saying about learning how to shut those voices down. And so how do you do that? Well, um, I have a lot of sticky note papers in every corner of my room, and which is weird. I even have got like the lock screen of my phone. Okay. I've got one message that encourage me every time I check the phone. So I keep reminding myself, subconsciously or consciously, I keep reminding myself about the good side of me. Okay. Yeah, so you have to keep reminding. And how that helps to your mind, it triggers and it develops a new connection inside. And once the connection is more repetitive, the more frequent, then the connection gets stronger. And that's the point your old connection gets weaker. Yes. And your attention, it doesn't go that frequently back to older connection. Yes. Okay, so that's really interesting. So you kind of give yourself some pep talks through little sticky notes. Sticky notes and screen, on phone, every single places, on the freeze, everywhere. I try to get some message that encouraged me. And uh, yeah, not thinking back about, but it's very hard. I'm not saying it's very easy the way I'm saying. It's very hard, but what you know, so what I suggest, keep reminding yourself, keep reminding what you want, not what you do not want, you know? And I use many techniques. I trick with my brain, putting the message in different places wherever it is, it is possible. On my notebook, I write. So my writing, my kinesthetic information passes through my brain. And I put the sticky note papers on different places of my, book, on my workstation, 
even I put a customized message on my lock screen of my phone. So every time I check with the phone, I can see the message. And if I even don't read this, my brain already scan it. Okay. With the message. And it subconsciously, it works inside that, yes, I'm here for developing this. I'm here for having that personality in this uh, land, in this position, or I'm, I am the most cap- capable person to lead this team. So otherwise, I would not be hired to lead this team. So if you keep noticing all this message, you are actually tricking with your brain, passing the same reminder so that it gets a bigger connection, a stronger connection inside. And the more you will be doing it, the connection will be stronger sooner. And the sooner it will get the new connection, the weaker connection, which is your previous one, you will get weaker and you will not notice it anymore. So the learning is if you have an addiction of thinking about something past or previous experience, you have to develop a new addiction of doing something else. Yes. So basically what you're saying is you're tricking your brain and you're giving your brain, whether that is with, with the five senses, whether it is just reading it or it's hearing it or it's feeling it and smelling it and so on. It's the every single possible way. Exactly. Yes. And actually, that is something that I did myself when I started my own business six years ago. And I had to kind of, I didn't do too much to sticky notes, but I remember talking to myself in the mirror and I still sometimes do this, as in you you can do this and you are a successful business uh, woman because I, I felt at the time I wanted to be, but I didn't really believe it yet. So I had to kind of convince myself of that. So so I, I love that. And and as for the voices in my head, I've actually come to terms with the fact that they're always there and I actually can't really stop them. So right. what I now do is I just listen to them and I say, thank you very much for that feedback, which is always negative. It's always don't do it. You can't do it. You're not good enough or whatever. And then I choose not to listen to them. So I basically put them in, in, in a little waiting room I know they're there and I know if I open the door they'll be screaming but I just I'm just not listening to them yes it is a beautiful way I like the way you said I'm putting them inside of the door and not opening the door not allowing them to come out that is this is the nice way yes it's a good metaphor to remind yeah. us yeah and so, technique I must try this yeah, yeah. Powerful. facing yourself right so a lot of the things you, you've been saying is actually all stuff you can do yourself. So kind of take the lead, as you were saying earlier, about like, hey, I'm going to lead myself through this um, this journey of becoming more confident in my new environment, whether that's a new country or new skills or a new team. And, and, and <clears throat> yeah allowing yourself to understand that your mind and your brain is is almost a thing on its own and and to learn to trick it very much yeah and and how do you think as a leader if you see that you're working with people who are not very confident or fearful or anxious is there a way for you as a leader to help people become more confident sure i'll suggest two things to really 
hold those two areas. One is for yourself and other is engaging through diverting the thinking other people. So if you consider as a person, as a leader, then you are actually the role model. You have a different level of responsibilities. Absolutely. You cannot express your weakness. So from one of my mentors, I recently learned that she was asking me a lot of questions and she just literally said, this is this your fear? It still is there? but give it back to me, give it to me and never communicate this to other people. So when your metaphor that I'm putting this fear into some other place is not with me oh. and you automatically have that sort of mindset. No, it's not with me. So I carry myself in that way. That is how you indirectly engage people to listen to you. Okay, great. And secondly, I would say you also need to help them to divert their thinking because we get some people like I, I notice so many people are stuck with the same sort of solution, same sort of feeling. I know it will never happen. I know I'll be, uh, it will take long time to get my business ready. So they are stuck. They are not thinking out of that circle. They keep thinking on that areas. So it's your way of diverting them or letting them see other ways of thinking. Yes. Ask them more questions toward the solution. Oh, it didn't work. It, you tried for the last two years. It still is not working. What else you could try? Like the power of bringing what else in every single action that you can keep reminding them so you're actually diverting their thinking toward the solution, not sticking into the problems, not sticking into the struggles and the pains and the old memory of not being established, not being able, not being making that job happen. So our job is, first of all, you have to carry that sort of feeling. Yes. Secondly, we have to say this and we have to ask toward the solution questions. Yes. Diverting people's minds toward that. Yeah. So as a leader, you help people where they are and help them become more aware of that, um, that thinking actually they're stuck. And, and this is, that's what I do with um, the conflict. It's always about creative thinking because people, people seem to have only one way of thinking. It's either this way or that way. And they forget that there's more. And I love what you were saying about what else, because that this is, I think, so powerful in, in general to always ask what else, um, because people, yeah, you help people think think deeper, and um, yeah, and when you're stuck, it's very difficult to see solutions. And um, some people are more Im imaginary than others, but um, a lot of people, I feel, can't really see past past oh. current situation when they're stuck. Yeah, but I remember in the previous years, I took one and a half week to get that sort of thinking. I was asked by my coach that what else kind of questions and how do you do this? How do you still can do this with having these sort of limitations in your life? Do you still want to do this? Yes, I want to. What else you can do? So I was taking one and a half week time to get the idea. 
Yes. You know, so it may take time, but it's good that you are thinking. Yes. Yeah. And also, I think sometimes people are not so aware that not everyone comes up with a solution right away. And so people need time to think. And even for me, I normally think very quickly, but it's very different if I kind of suspend my solution and think about it for a week, then 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 it's different again. I have more. And I would like to add, sometimes we are so stuck with our emotion and our stress and anxiety and we're filled up with these. And that's how our mind is not working. So to one tip I would, I would be saying that this is the beautiful and the most easiest tip that anyone can apply from sitting anywhere. That's allowing to get more oxygen into your brain. That helps our stress level to go down so quicker. And if you don't, do not empty your brain, if you do not empty your all these negative thoughts or anxiety or if your body is still stiff and your muscles are not relaxed, your thinking will not go that deeper. It's not possible. It's our way of our mind works or functions. It's a functionally, it cannot get into the deeper creative space if you're still thinking in a logical part, comparing the situation. I was in that situation, why I'm here? Why he told me like this? Why he is not accepting me? So if we keep thinking all this thing in a logical part, we can't get into our subconscious creative part of our mind. Yes. And so how do you give your brain more oxygen? I choose to get more like deep breathing. And sometimes I do practice yoga. I do practice some walk with uh, nice soft music, music, the meditation, now I'm more in routine to add this time into my every day. Yes. Previously I was not. Only when I was feeling more stressed, I was sitting into the yoga, listening to the soft music, and I was trying to get slowing it down. But if you just imagine you're piling your emotion every day and what you get this much, and at the end of the week, you're sitting and trying to get rid of everything, it's hard. But if it's, Every day, small stress, just that you're clearing up and then you're ready for the next day, clear up for that the next day. So every day, if you're doing it, then it becomes much more easier. Okay, so it's about creating a habit in which you kind of uh, of get rid of the stress and and yeah. really try uh, conscientiously to slow down and to either if you if you can at least slow down your breathing, um, take a walk, listen to some music, do yoga or something, and which can be so difficult in this world where we're all distracted. 24-7 and we've got so much on and that, that mindfulness um, that's really useful so well that is a wonderful uh, I guess wonderful way of, of ending this uh, amazing conversation with you um, is there anything else that that you feel um, our listeners should know because the way I want to summarize it is that it feels that you're saying listen don't don't just settle for your for your mind just fight it and uh, trick it and make sure that you take control of what's happening inside yeah. um is there anything else that you think um 
is important to say at this point. I know you've shared already so many nuggets with us. Yeah, of course. And I would like to simplify and I would say that our mind is not something that we want to stop. Like we don't want to stop our heartbeat, right? So why should I yes. want to stop our mind saying a lot of things in my back in my head? So we should... Stop thinking of, I wish I would not have this sort of thinking. Rather, use that thinking and direct it to the right direction. Perfect. And so, Aisha, where can people find out more about you? Of course, and uh, I'm reachable on my Facebook after my name, Aisha Jahan Viva. And I have also my website, AishaBiva.com. You can find me there, reach me. If you have any particular one single bit of problem where I can help, I'll be happy to help you. And yes. Perfect. Well, I will put definitely all that information in the notes that come with this podcast. And I just want to thank you so much for sharing all this wonderful information. And what I love about it is that it's very practical as well. And so there's lots of tips that that we can all use to slow our mind down. So thank you so much. And um, I, um, yeah, very pleased to have had you on the podcast. Thank Thank you you so much. That's all for this episode of the Leaders Den podcast. Found this episode valuable? Sign up for this podcast and be sure to visit theleadersden.com to learn more about our academy, other courses, and coaching programs. And while you're there, sign up for our free Dealing with Difficult Staff Members online course. The Leaders Den, helping you grow into a leader people want to follow and are inspired by.